Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Watching the Webhead. I'm your host, Delanelle, and today, continuing the spoiler series for Spider-Man No Way Home, I want to talk about some of the most emotional moments of the movie. Um, most of these are going to be sad emotion. Um, there's going to be another episode of funny moments. So when I say emotional in this context, I do mean like these are some sad moments that are like touching. And it's like, oh, wow. Um, tears of joy or tears of sorrow. Um, not necessarily tears of, of laughter or whatever, right? So, but let's get into this, guys. Let's get into it. There aren't a ton many to talk about, thankfully. One of the moments that got me emotional, uh, no in particular, there's no order of how emotional they are or when it happened. I'm not going chronologically. I'm just going, just like, just winging it right now. But one of the moments that I really found to be touching was when Peter fixed Doc Ock's chip. That was powerful. I, if you if you just stare at Alfred Molina's eyes, that entire scene, like that entire revelation that like he's, I guess, quote unquote, cured, like you really sympathize with him. And you can really tell like he never wanted those arms to dictate his actions. Even when you like think about like the end of Spider-Man 2 and how like when he came to realize what everything you know, what, how everything was going down and, and he's staring at Peter and he's, you know, all of these things, he's realizing like, you know what? No, this ain't, this ain't cool. Like I'm, 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 and he said it like, I'm not going to die a monster. Like he's not, he's not about that life. So, but like when you, when you, when you look at, so in Spider-Man 2, he seemed to be able to overcome the arms Like, he forced them to listen to him. And he was able to do that final act before dying. Here in the movie, you know, Peter sets a chip. And and officially, Doc Ock regains full control. He dictates, you know. But the number one thing, the first thing he says, right? He's like, it's so quiet. I love that. It gives you the idea, like, we don't see it, right? We don't see it. We don't hear it. But it gives you the idea that these arms are probably constantly saying stuff, constantly putting the stuff in his head to the point where it becomes overwhelming and you just give in and stop trying to fight it. Like you just start giving in like, yo, all right, you know what, arms, just screw it. So I really, that that was a touching moment for me. Like I really, I was happy for him. Like I was legitimately happy for him. More so than any of the other characters that got their cure. I was happiest for him. And I, 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 I don't know if Sony did this on purpose or not, but Sony and Marvel know that most people regard Spider-Man 2 as the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. One of the best in superhero movies, right? Financially, it was one of the best for sure. But, you know, critics-wise, it definitely was a great movie. So maybe they wanted to give Doc Ock a more emotional send-off and like a more emotional redemption story and arc than the others. But no matter what decision they 
why they made the decision. The decision was great to put him as the guy, like, he was changed the most from all of this. And uh, I was really happy for him. Another one was uh, when MJ was knocked off of the, uh, the, the Statue of Liberty, whatever they were doing, construction thing. And she's falling. <clears throat> she has a similar shot to The Amazing Spider-Man 2 when Gwen was falling. We had like a similar shot. Face is full of fear. Arms and legs are like, you know, and her torso is like, you know what I mean? And so you get this situation where Andrew, well, Tom Holland, he dives to try to rescue her. Now, there's debris in the way, similar again to how the Amazing Spider-Man 2 looked. So Tom Holland is right about to grab. At first, here's what I thought. Here's what I thought was going to happen. I had a wave of thoughts that crossed my mind. So I'm not going to say like, oh, this is what I officially like thought. But the thoughts came to my mind. One of the thoughts that came to my mind was that he instantly, when she fell and that shot, I instantly was remembered about like the Amazing Spider-Man 2. So I thought Tom Holland was going to web her and she would just not die. Like I thought he would web her safely and the pool wouldn't like snap her neck or whatever, and she would be fine. Another thought that came to mind was that he would end up webbing her and killing her just like with Andrew. And then Andrew could like sympathize and like really try to, I don't know. Um, but then when he when when they were about to make hand contact, I thought for sure, oh, he'll just grab her. I did not necessarily expect Green Goblin to swoop in like that. But when he did, I was like, oh. But then Andrew Garfield recognized and dove, grabbed her, landed on his feet with her in his arms. And, and when you, if you look at his face the entire time, like don't look at MJ, look at his face when they land, as soon as they land. You can see him, he's like breathing and his face is in such a way that like, I can't believe I did it. Like he legitimately seems surprised that he did it. And obviously because of everything that happened with Gwen, this time around it actually worked out. So he's almost in disbelief, like, oh crap. And then, you know, MJ's like, oh my God. Oh. And he, he asks her, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, he starts crying. Oh my God, guys, you know, the idea behind it was that like, this was a a redemption thing. Like he was able to save, even though it wasn't his love, it was a Peter Parker love. And he was able to do something, save someone in a similar situation. And it was like a redemption thing. But I can't help but think he also felt like some of those tears came from like, but I couldn't save Gwen. You know what I mean? Like, you just felt, you felt bad. Like, darn, he, he was able to save her, but not. So I wonder if some of his tears were that. But I think the movie wants you to just focus on like the redemption, which is great. And I think that's how he legitimately was feeling. Like, I, I did it. I saved someone. 
But it was also like, man, like, he might be thinking too, like, ah, I wish I could have. Because, like, especially, I, I hate to say it again, I'll always say it. But when you look at the comics, Peter struggles for years with the Gwen Stacy death. Like, he's like, yo, I, I saved all these people, but I couldn't save her. Like, he just, that was an ongoing battle. Gwen and Uncle Ben, you know, like, that was an ongoing struggle for him. Like, I was able to save everybody, but the people closest to me, and it's, like, messed up. So it's completely plausible to believe that Andrew had that, I say Andrew, I'm going to refer to them as Andrew, Toby, and Tom, because if I say Peter, like Ned hopefully realized saying Peter in a room full of Peter Parkers is not going to get you anywhere. I don't know why Ned kept pushing the issue. That was a dumb move on his part, but we'll, we'll get to that in the funny part. Because, I mean, like, that bit was funny, but Ned was a complete idiot. And that's what made it happen. But anyway, yeah, like, Andrew really, like, could have had those thoughts in his mind. Like, man, I wish I was able to do that with Gwen. Like, so, very interesting. Very interesting stuff. Um, This one was also emotional. So, towards the end, Tom Holland is kicking Green Goblin's behind. I mean, he is just tapping that Urgh! you know what I mean like he, and so he grabs the glider he's about to just destroy Goblin with his own glider and Toby McGuire literally jumps in and blocks like he just they're in a struggle they're in a stronghold struggle thing where Tom is pushing the glider down and Toby is pushing it back up like no don't kill him and it's the silent stare down that really, like, it built... It wasn't too intense. Because I think everyone knew that Tom was going to eventually drop the glider. So no one was, like, scared, like, oh, is he actually going to do it? I think everyone knew that Toby was going to have the upper hand here and be able to just push this off. I wasn't expecting it to be silent. I thought Toby might say, like, a few words, like, don't do this. This isn't the way. You know, like, some kind of, like, thing... But he just stares him down. And they're staring at each other. And you can see the hurt in Tom's eyes. There's like hurt and fury and rage in his eyes. And Toby's eyes are like, please don't do this. Like, But no words. I think that was a good move to have no words. I think it would have been, it might have become corny if Toby's like talking like, don't do it, buddy. Like. So I think that was the right call to make that a, a speechless um, speechless stare down. And, it, you know, it, it worked. It worked. And maybe it's a Peter Parker thing. Like, they know each other's thoughts. Like, they're the same person, in a sense. So it's like, maybe they were able to communicate telepathic. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it would be so cool. Like, if you met a, a, another universe counterpart of yours... Would there be like some kind of telepathy link where you could like tap into each other's thoughts and stuff? Like it, because it's you. Is that an invasion of privacy? Because you're reading your own thoughts, but just a different you's thoughts. I don't know. That'd be kind of crazy. I don't. I don't know. Like I imagine like a a forty year old Dante just walks into my apartment. I, I guess he still has the key to the apartment. I don't know. He just walks in here and just like hey. And I'm like, who are you? 
And then he says in, in my head, like, I'm you from the future. Like, oh, you know, like that would, uh, but anyway, but anyway, look at me, I'm on a tangent. So that was another powerful thing where I was like, wow, that's, I wasn't about to cry, but that was still like, whoa. Um, there wasn't a lot of other moments that really struck me to make me feel like, oh, snap. But, uh, May. We need to talk about May. Oh, boy, guys. May, May, May. Whoo, boy. Listen. If you've watched enough movies, you know when a character is going to die. Like, you know, like, as soon as they get, like, shot or hit or whatever... You know the next time you see them, they're going to be bleeding out. They're going to be on the ground. They're not going to be able to move. They're gasping for air. And you know they're just going to die in the person's arms. Or it's going to be like a leave. Get out of here. (coughs) Type of thing, right? They didn't do that this time. And I legitimately was like wondering. Like I, I think they did this on purpose. They went so much back and forth whether she was okay or not. It kept, there was like this underlying tension of like doom. Like you felt like she should be dead, but she's walking, she's talking. She might be fine. Like they might make it out of this. You know, she might just be banged up. You like, at some point I was like, wait, is she going to be okay? Because like she kept stumbling and and doing this. I'm like, yo, is she Maybe she, oh, actually, I don't know. You didn't see any bodily like harm or anything. You didn't see any bleeding or anything. You didn't know what was happening. She was able to give that speech and the great power and responsibility and all this. Like She was able to go all out, walking around, doing this. I, like, I didn't know what was going to happen. This was one of the first times on a death scene I had no idea if the person was going to live or not. Like I, I had no idea, guys. I had no clue. And then finally, when she went down, I was like, I'm going to rest. When she said that, my heart broke. I was like, oh, she's going to die. And then Peter put his hand under her back and like saw the blood. It was like, ah. That was one of the best drawn out deaths that I've seen in a while. That I've seen in a while. You have some people that you know they're dying and they're just breathing, like they're just lying, they're helpless. But they gave her the strong, I'm standing up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this. I'm going to be fine. But you're not. And she tried to like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. And like the struggle, that tension as the viewer, like you're rooting for her to be okay. But you're freaking out that she's not going to be okay at the same time. And they did such an amazing job. Just playing this out, writing it out, drawing it out, perfectly timed. To the point where you felt, you just felt so bad for Peter. Like, you felt awful. And I'm not going to say this was the absolute saddest moment of the movie, but it probably was. I mean, this this scene broke Tom. I say Peter, but it's Tom, right? So this scene broke Tom. Where you could tell he was just like, 
And like even when like Toby and Andrew tried to talk to him, he was like, I'm done. I'm gonna kill Goblin. Y'all going home. I'm done with this. This is all BS. I'm out of the game. Like he was done. He'd been through a lot too, but he was finally just done. Um the one thing I didn't like is that apparently it seems like Aunt May was the one to give him the great power quote. I'm just a little I'm attached to Uncle Ben being that type of influence on Peter. Whereas in the MCU, Uncle Ben is it's just a side reference of ever since that happened to him. Like he he doesn't have any kind of anything happening. I don't know if freshman year that show, I don't know if if Uncle Ben is still gonna be alive. Like I don't know how old Peter was when Uncle Ben died in the MCU. We have no concept of when it happened. How long ago it was. <clears throat> so I'm curious to see if he'll actually be alive. But I, he probably won't be. Let me say this. Spider-Man No Way Home. When you really pay attention to these three movies. But particularly how this movie ended. This was interestingly enough. The MCU origin story for Spider-Man. They used three movies to give the origin story of this character. He got the great power responsibility thing. He lost a parental figure who was a, a great influence on him or whatever. And it just so happened it wasn't Uncle Ben. It just so happened it was just May in the picture for all of this time. Marvel was serious when they said, we're not going to see Uncle Ben die. We just saw that you know a few years ago with Andrew Garfield. We just saw that twice in less than 15 years at the time. So it was like, we all know what happened. We're going to tell it differently. And they did. But the thing that caught me off guard is that he was going through his whole entire origin story right before our eyes. And we didn't realize it until she did that. When, once she said that quote, that's when it hit me like, wait a minute. Is this his origin story? Like, it just was like, whoa, whoa. Hold, hold on, folks. Did that just happen? And then at the end of the movie, when he's in that slick-looking costume, it's like, oh my gosh, this is holy. And let, let, me, let me just say this. Spider-Man's costume at the end of the movie, Tom Holland's you know, costume at the end of the movie, was a really shiny, silky-looking thing. It reminds me of his costume that he wore in Web of Shadows. I don't know why. That was my first thought. That was my first thought. If you play Web of Shadows or watch gameplay of it, it's that same, like, silky texture, smooth, shiny-looking costume. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I thought that was an interesting dynamic. I don't remember seeing a costume looking like that in, in any of the other games. I can always look back and, and double-check, but that was the first thought that came to mind. But again, so much of the action sequences were in the dark. I didn't appreciate that about the movie, honestly. Um, like Spider-Man's new costume where he was wearing black when he was dealing with Sandman and, and Electro. The, it was so dark that you couldn't actually see his costume. So it was like, you know what I mean? Like it was weird that they made that decision. The final battle was that night. So you couldn't really see the Spider-Mans, you know, like you, it was hard to tell them apart during the final battle. It was so dark and they're obviously wearing very similar clothing. It was just tough to keep track of who was who. But, um... 
Yeah, man. I, I, May going down. That's a tough one, man. That that was just the fact that they teased you like she'll be all right. She she's okay. Yeah, you know how like when a when a, a toddler or a little kid will trip and fall. The right thing to do as a parent is to just say you're okay. You're okay. You're all right. You're fine. Because they usually feed off of your reaction. So if you start to panic, like, oh, my God, they're going to be like, wait, okay. Oh, like, no, 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 no. Just, just reassure them. No, you're good. That's, that, that bone sticking out is fine. You're fine. And more times than not, they're going to be like, all right. And it's just so cute when that happens. I was, I was working at my retail part-time seasonal job one weekend. And sure enough, a kid, he fell face first on the ground. Now, I had to turn away because I was about to start laughing in his face because I'm a meanie head. <laughs> but the mom instantly was like, you're okay. You're okay, buddy. And then she chuckled, right? She chuckles. The kid gets up and starts laughing. I was like, yo, it works. <laughs> like, because he, cause he looked like he was going to, you know, that shock when you realize you hurt yourself. And it's like, ah, <laughs> like. You're, it's almost like a face of audacity. Like, how dare I be hurt? Like, what? And he had that look. And then he gets up and just laughs it off. And he had to have been no older than, like, three. <laughs> this is so cute. And he was like, ah! And you hear the smack, the hard hard floor tile smack on his face. He <laughs> yelled. He should have been. Yeah. But he laughed. You know, his mom laughed, so he just started laughing. <laughs> I was like, Yes. Phew! That would have been awkward if he started crying. I mean, seriously. But, um, yeah, that, that was funny. That was funny. So, you know, that's cool. Now, the, the, the thing about, like, May going down, and we saw at the end of the movie, the repercussions was that, and I think this might have been, like, May going down was probably the saddest moment. But I think... The grimmest moment of the movie was just the end of the movie, the different sequences, the the revelation that no one knows who Peter is. When he was talking to like MJ in the coffee shop or whatever, that that hurt to see like he he wanted to be able to just talk to them. He wanted to be able to just have his friends back and his girlfriend and stuff. And they just had no idea who he was. And then like Going to May's grave and, and talking to Happy, like, how'd you know her? Oh, through Spider-Man. No, oh, me too. And like just that that one was like, oh man. <clears throat> but it really sank in when he was in his his apartment. He's just in this apartment, right? And you're thinking to yourself, like, he's he's what, 18 maybe? Like, I don't know how old he is, but he's definitely not 20 yet. And because of this this whole had a, like th- this whole experience that like shattered the universe left him basically completely isolated like he has no one he has no one this is this is the worst that we've seen for Peter Parker I think ever at least in like TV movie and games and stuff like literally no one that he can turn to 
No one knows who he is as a person, let alone, you know, the identity crisis. But who's Peter Parker? I don't know. I don't know Peter Parker. Do you know Peter Parker? Like, he has to start from scratch with just whatever he had on his back. Because, like, think about it. This This is something to think about. When May died, right, ideally May probably had a will. For Peter, she died before this whole wish came to be. Did her legal documents somehow get wiped out of all references of Peter? And it was just like, it's just left to the government? To, like, I don't know. Like, what happened to her state? If, she, if, 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 number one, if she left the will. Number two, if she left basically everything to Peter. What happened to that stuff? Like, how far did this, it's as if you never existed type of thing. Like, they might see his name, but they just don't know who he is because he's like a complete stranger, right? So it's not as if his identity was like wiped off of the face of the earth and like there is no such thing as a Peter Parker. It's just no one knows anything about him. Anything that anyone possibly knew about him is just gone. But does that include like legal documents? Like... I imagine, right? Like a social security card is still intact and and birth certificate, all these different things are still intact, but it's as if no one knows anything about him. So by extension, would anyone know, like how much of his family would they know? You know what I mean? Because like, oh, you know, Richard and and, uh, Mary Parker, do people know that he had a son, that they had a son named Peter? Or do they just not know that they had, like... How far did this whole we don't know you at all thing go? So it's just interesting that he's in this apartment and like was how 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 easy was it to get a job? And you know, like it's not like he has references, right? Like he can't just be like, hey, remember I worked for you at the who? Like it, you know, he can't go to anybody in the Avengers for help. Like he he can't turn to anybody. Like this is crazy. That was a dark, that was dark. That, that was a grim moment of like, oh no, what now? And yet, he still goes out here. I mean, really, that's all he has left. At this point, the only thing he really has left is to be Spider-Man. But he's still out here trying to make the world a better place and, and do what he can to help, even though he literally has no help. And I mean, he'll make new friends and and. and allies along the way and I guess in a sense he still can talk to the Avengers because they know about Spider-Man they just won't know about Peter Parker so I guess he still has some help in that regard so he's probably more more it's probably a benefit for him to be in costume than not um his name is cleared from the mysterious stuff I guess Right? Is it? Like, that's the that's the thing. Like, is his name cleared? Or do they still consider him someone that murdered Mysterio, but we just don't know his identity? And what happened to that tape of Mysterio saying that... Like, so, like, how far does this go to where, like, it starts eliminating pieces of information? This may have been an inadvertent plot hole. Or maybe I'm just thinking too deep into it. But I am curious, what actual effect does the 
Because again, Mysterio's little recording would have to be deleted, right? Because all you have to do is watch the recording and then it'll say, oh, he's Spider-Man. And then we have to go through all of this again. So even though it's like a forget me spell type of thing, it's it would still have to actually change physical like things. Like it wouldn't impact people, it would have to impact objects too, right? Like this this is just crazy. Now I'm really in a hole here. Like I don't uh, anyway. So those were some of the most emotional moments that I had, you know, considering in the movie. Um you guys let me know what, you know, like during the screenings, people were there were some sniffles and, and tears and stuff. Like I could hear a few, a few people like it it was never like a but you heard like a type of thing. So like people were in both of the showings like this this was tough to you know, like there's some tough moments like wow. And um Tom Holland has a really good sad face. Let me tell you that much. He when he gets his sad face on, he looks like he is in complete distress. Like he, I think his his face, he probably imagines everyone in his life just dying in a terrible in a terrible crash, like a plane crash or something. And he just harnesses that emotion. Cause he looks completely devastated in these scenes. Like he just looks like this is I cannot take this anymore. And um it takes it takes quite a bit to tap into that energy, you know? Like you you it's not easy to just tap into a I'm sad type of situation. You have to really be there. Like mentally, you have to really be in that place in order to pull it off the way he did. Um, so good good on him for, for tapping into whatever he needed to to get that done. Because that, he nailed it. I mean, he nailed it. I felt sorry for the kid. And I knew this was fake. And I still was like, I want to help you. Like, yo, but yeah, um, so we did some of the more emotional, sad, sadder moments, um, moments that made you maybe want to cry, you know. Next time we'll we'll talk about some of the funniest moments. Um, I can't rank the funniest moments, but boy, I, I tell you, we laughed in the theaters, man. We we were laughing. We laughed a, a nice amount of times. Um, it's gonna be a longer list than these these particular moments that I just talked about. For sure. Um, sometimes it's the smallest things. Like like uh, when Norma Osborn was stuffing the donuts. <laughs> Yo! Yo! We were crying, bro. We were crying. I wasn't even paying attention to what May and Peter were saying. I was crying over the donuts, bro. Like, there, and there are multiple scenes in the movie where like there's some background physical comedy action going on. While there's like dialogue. So you're not, like, if you're not careful, you're going to just miss the dialogue and pay attention to what's being said or what's being done in the background. There was another instance where uh, Toby and Andrew, they almost had, like, a, a, a crash in the lab. I don't know if you noticed that, where they almost just walked into each other and Andrew was like, oh, and it was, like, startled. It was just, you know, it's just funny stuff like that. But, again, we'll, we'll get there. You know, the, so it was a cute movie. Like, it just was funny. And I think I said during my initial reaction, like, it was a funnier movie than I expected it to be. A lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I didn't expect to laugh as much as I did. So, you know, but they pulled off the action. 
the drama, the romance. They pulled off everything, but they still somehow made it seem more of a comedy than anything else. And I have to appreciate it. So, you know. So we'll get to that. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll, we'll do some laughing. But yeah, share your emotional... What was your favorite emotional moment that, you know, not necessarily was going to make you cry, but just was like, oh, man. Like, you just felt like, oh, oh. You know, and if you did cry, when was that? Um but yeah, I think my number one moment was the Aunt May thing. May, that struggle, oh man, I mean, I was, I didn't know what was happening. And I was scared of what was going to happen and it did happen. But they had you, they had you second guessing yourself like maybe she'll be okay. Or, uh, even the camera angles was like implying like, oh, they'll just walk it off and it's going to be all right. But boy, they... Yeah, they did that on purpose. They wanted us to feel like this could go either way. And I'll, that's, yeah. If I had to rank, like, one episode I might do top 10 scenes, that's probably going to be in the top 10. Because that was well acted, well shot. Just everything just worked in that scene. So, you know, hats off. But, um, yep, good stuff. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep swinging.